Well, hello there. I am so glad that you're here. And I just wanted to tell you again that I am sincerely grateful and honored that you keep showing up for yourself and for these important conversations. Now, I know that you could be doing a million other things, but you've been here. You keep coming back. And for that, I am so grateful. Now, if this is your first time listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast, I welcome you to the Vision Driven Mom community with open arms. We're so glad that you're here. Now, before we get started, I wanted to tell you about something that's coming soon. It's been percolating in my mind and in my heart, and it's finally making its way into the world soon. I promise soon. I'm starting a movement, the Vision Driven Mom movement, because we can do anything together. Now, the movement is about creating a new intentional legacy for our families and and generations to come. It's about shifting the generational patterns of being for families. It's about moving toward what we want for ourselves, our families, and the world. And it's about letting go of the old way and creating something new and unique for families worldwide. It's about taking your yoga off the mat and into the world in a way that only you can. So I'm putting the finishing touches on the Vision Driven Mom movement right now, and I just can't wait to share it with you. Now, in the meantime, be on the lookout for the announcement. Now, if you haven't already, download the VibeCare Toolkit at VibeCareToolkit.com. That will get you on my email list, and you will be the first to know about all the goodness that's yet to come. Now, our next guest is a beautiful soul and the host of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Amanda German is a full-time working mama who is changing the narrative in motherhood. She is the host of the Honest as a Mother podcast, which you must listen to. She's a published author, a writer, and a mental health advocate. She is very passionate about having the tough conversations around motherhood and normalizing them. I know that you are going to enjoy this conversation just as much as I enjoyed having it. This is the Vision Driven Mom podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Nolan Bierman, for moms, by moms who believe that anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories from moms that have journeyed through motherhood, from fear, loss, and heartbreak, to healing, empowerment, and success. Motherhood is truly the journey of a lifetime, so let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hello, Amanda, and welcome to Vision Driven Mom. I'm so excited that you are here. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am so glad that we are finally having this conversation. (laughs) Amanda and I have been trying to do this for months and months and months. months. And it's okay because it's divine timing. This is it. This is the time. So I'm really thrilled that we've had this, that we have this opportunity together. So can you tell our, um, can you tell us a little bit about how Honest as a Mother came into being? I love this story and I can't wait for you to share it with, uh, with, uh, with our listeners. Of course. So Um, Like you said, I have a podcast called Honest as a Mother, and that all came to be because I have two children, and um, after I had my second, who is my daughter, I had severe postpartum depression, and I just felt so alone, so isolated. I felt like no one understood me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just 
a really dark time and I found myself, um, I actually got diagnosed with postpartum depression and then more specifically postpartum rage because I was struggling mm. with anger. Right. And I had never heard of postpartum rage. So, you know, one night while I was Googling postpartum rage and I don't even want to admit to you how many times I did that. <laughs> I uh, I came across like different mommy bloggers who were writing about postpartum rage and it was like I was finally seen it was literally Ugh. like they took the words out of my head right. and put them on paper and so you know I found them on Instagram and there is one in particular uh, her name is Anupa King and she all of her words really spoke to me and I had DM'd with her and it was just really healing to read someone else's words that was like they took them out of my head you know it was finally like somebody understood me um even though I was in therapy and I, I have a very supportive husband they don't know right yeah. they don't know what we're going through right and so then through therapy I would tell her all about these mommy bloggers and she said to me you know I really think you should start a blog and so I hemmed and hawed about it because I love to write and I would then got a little bit like, oh, what if my grammar's not right? And what if, what if, what if? And right. so my husband just said, you know, you don't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just do a podcast. And I loved it. So I literally just get on the mic and blab out my feelings and pitched it to a bunch of moms like yourself. And people actually want to come on as a guest. And right. there's lots of people listening and it's grown and grown. And the feedback that I get from other moms is everything that I wanted. Like I really mm, want right. to be, I want to be the Anupa King for somebody else. I want right. to be that voice of reason. I want another mom to feel validated because I am honest um, yeah. as a mother about my feelings. Honest as a mother effer. And I, that's right. <laughs> you had me at honest as a mother effer, Amanda. I love that. I love, I love an F bomb. I really, really do. It's and like, I do too. <laughs> it is like, I don't know. Is it a good trait? Is it a bad trait? I guess it is. Do you ask? I think it's a great trait. I do too. I, I, I guess continue, continue your story and then we can talk a little more about the F bomb. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's really honestly the story. It's just, I, I want to help other moms. I don't want moms to feel alone anymore. I don't want moms to feel guilty for wanting a career outside the home or not feeling fulfilled as a mother or feeling like, you know, their marriage is failing because like, breaking news everybody's marriage goes through tough times when your kids are little right and I'm not afraid to talk about it like yeah. I don't want to moms to think that you know those Instagram moms we sometimes see who are super thin and lost all their baby weight and are having sex with their husband every night of the week like that's not all true like we right. all hate our kids at some point mm -hmm. we definitely all hate our spouses um we are all too tired for sex like all of the things and I just right. I'm just really sick of moms feeling guilty for being not being what they think is like the perfect mom, the perfect wife. Cause I struggled with all of it myself. I yeah. still do. It's still something I work on. Right. Yeah. And I really love that because there is, I mean, I think it's, it's becoming more, you know, with the podcasts and the, with social media and everything, I think it is becoming more, um, more acceptable to, to be truthful 
being a mom is hard as hell. It's the hardest job that we'll ever have, right? Yeah. But I love that you, you know, you're, you're honest as a mother, right? You, you are, let's be honest here. You know, if I had known all that I was going to have to endure, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I had heard about postpartum depression and, you know, that's something totally. that happens to other people, you know, but the isolation, like there's so many things that we don't, that we don't talk about or that we try to keep from, you know, what we always wanted, oh, you're pregnant and that's beautiful and lovely. What we really should be saying is find your tribe, find support, Mm -hmm. get it now before Mm -hmm. you're buried, right? Before you are so buried that you can't even reach out for help. Like that's what I would have done. I would have, I would have really, um, really and authentically, you know, because I don't know about you, Amanda, but when I became a mom, I, um, I just, I had a hard time fitting in, fitting myself in, right. With, with the people that, you know, the people in my circles that I just, me and my kids, my kids are, we have, we have, uh, we are, we are neurodiverse in my family, (laughs) all of us. And we just, you know, I was trying again and, you know, and it's not new to me, but trying to fit my, you know, trying to be like a a square peg, trying to fit into a round hole and finding my people. So your podcast and your work and the people, your guests are all helping moms to understand that it's okay to be you. Mm-hmm. And it's actually your kids need you to be you, right? Mm-hmm. They need you to not put on that happy face. And we talked about this when we um, when we met the first time. And you had that. I think you said something like, "My son is me," and mm-hmm. that's exactly my experience. It was like, "Oh my god!" Like if in the beginning I thought something's wrong with him. What is wrong with him? Yep. But you know what? it was me. He was mirroring me. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you want to, do you want to speak into that just a, just a little bit? Cause I, it's Mm -hmm. fascinating when we are able to step back and go, Oh, okay. Completely. And this even goes back to like when I had postpartum, like my son would trigger me in so many different ways and I'm constantly thinking it's him. And then I think this is another piece of motherhood that people don't talk about is I think not all of us, but a lot of us, I find have like wounded inner children that our children hold up the mirror and go like, take a look at yourself. And we think it's the children, but they trigger us because they're almost like wounding that inner child. So That was the most eye-opening for me because honestly, like my parents are wonderful. They, you know, they did the best that they could. I did not have some, you know, crazy traumatic childhood. And when my therapist told me that there was some childhood trauma that they were kind of triggering, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I don't have childhood trauma. Um, but Turns out I do. My mm. we were not allowed to talk about emotions, and I was oh, not allowed right. to cry. And um, you know, every time we did, it was just like you know, stiffen up that upper lip. You know, that's the generation of my parents, and I'm not knocking them. But now, when I have children and they whine and cry at me, 
I want to explode because yeah. I'm like, why are you crying? You don't need to be crying over that. And it's like, no, their message is larger. It's not about, you know, I took away the iPad or whatever right. it is. There's an underlying thing here that we need to have a conversation about. So I've always found, especially my son, he's so sensitive. He holds that mirror up to me. Mm, and right. I find he is like a younger Amanda. And I think that's why he triggers me so much. And I think this happens to a lot of us and maybe we all don't realize it. Um, I just happened to be in therapy and really like broke this all down and understood it. And it is mind blowing to me that your children almost, I don't like to say that they break you, but they break down pieces of you. I feel like you didn't even know were there and heal you in ways like you didn't even know needed to be healed. And that can make this motherhood journey tougher. Right. Because you always feel like, I always feel like I am like trying to heal myself. All of a sudden now I'm trying to be a totally different parent than I wanted to be at the beginning because I realized the parent I was being is not truly the parents I want to be. And my children are making me better myself every day and they don't even do anything. Right. They're just (laughs) being them, right? They're just being them, but teaching me so much about me. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so much in that, Amanda, because that I know I (laughs) do like that's a lot. No, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. And unless we are, and thank goodness, right. Um, your kids one day will be grateful for you Mm -hmm. because you, you took it on to, to do the inner work, right. Yeah. To look at yourself because, like I said, with when um, when my my son started um, really acting out and showing pessimism, and negativity, and self loathing when he was three, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, something's wrong with him. What's wrong with him? We need to fix. Yeah. I've been doing my work for years, right? But oh my gosh, that they, they they tend to break you open in a good way, right? Yeah. I mean, it 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 doesn't feel good. Yeah. But it is, you know, it's it's pulling back the the layers of the onion, and yeah. I we have a um, a, a therapist that um, he talks about how no matter how great your childhood is or how, how great of a parent you are, there's going to be either something that they got too much of or something that they got too little of, and everyone's going to be in therapy anyway. So yeah. let's let go of the of the guilt about, oh my gosh, my kids are going to be in therapy because they're going to be in therapy anyway, right? <laughs> if you're raising them to be healthy kids, they're going to be in therapy anyway. So we might as well do that work so that maybe they have just a little bit less therapy. Right? Yes. Like just like a teensy bit of less trauma. Like, yeah. You know, there, I agree with you completely. And someone once said to me, and this has been like something, my kids are so little, so I can't say it to them yet, but it's like something that I live, it lives in my brain. And she always says, um, I always tell my children, you know, work really hard in school so you can get yourself a good job that has good benefits. You can get yourself a good therapist because mommy's doing the best she can. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I like love that. Yeah, it's true. And like, what's wrong with your kid being in therapy? Like then your kid will just learn. I mean, of course, we don't, as parents, we don't want our children to end up in therapy, but I also think therapy is so good. It's so important. Like what's wrong with learning about ourselves and healing things and let's get real. Like it's not always us, right? You send your kid off into the world and right. Right. Therapy is needed. It is. It's always needed. I mean, a a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amanda, I love that. And thank you for sharing that because it's a very, well, I mean, you're honest as a mother. You're really honest about all the things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. I know. You know what, though? I really, I, 
I truly believe that, you know, we, we're all doing the best that we can in the moment, yeah, right? Exactly. My parents did the best that they could and they only did what they were taught. And right. I see that now as a parent, right? Like yeah. they were not allowed to cry and whine and, you know, they got one thing at dinner, you didn't eat it, you starved or you ate it later. And I just don't want to be that parent and right. that's okay. Yeah. But they didn't know any different. Just like I started off as that parent and I didn't know any different, but now I'm like, you know, this doesn't really work for me. So you just do the work to change it. It's right. hard, but you can do it. Yeah, we can, we can do anything. Right. I mean, that I believe that's the thing about, um, about being a mother too, is that we really can do anything. We just, as long as we, you know, we need to, we need to step up, step up to yeah. the challenge. You know, I mean, we took on the challenge of becoming moms, mm -hmm. some of us, you know, more willingly than others. Mm -hmm. um, but, but this is, this is a job. This is, a, yeah. this is, a, this is an important job, right? We're raising humans. We're raising, we're not raising kids. We're raising, we're raising our kids to be, um, to be humans, to be, you know, when I think, when I think about what I want most for my kids, it's for them to be happy, for them to be, um, to, uh, to feel confident and to know that they matter. Right. So all of the other stuff, you know, grades and like all school and all of that, like if I can do those three things, um, I feel like I've done my job, right? Of yeah. course, I want to make sure that they're good roommates and that, you know, and that they're, I, I would love for them to be successful, but really I want them to be happy, confident and know that they matter above anything yeah. else. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you talk about um, taking care of yourself and we talked just a little bit about, um, about um, especially through the pandemic, because mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was, it's an interesting time. We talked about how the pandemic is, we're through it-ish, but yeah. there's this underlying, like we're back to normal-ish, but there's this underlying pandemic, right? It, it, and it has all of this anxiety and it's, it's a, like a, a, a frenetic energy about it, even though it's not, you know, interfaces like it was a year ago. Yes. Um, and you talk, you, you, we were talking about how you realized that you really needed to take care of yourself. Can, can you tell us a little bit about how that came into being and what you are doing? Yeah. So about, I think it was honestly, it started like last Christmas, like during the second wave of the pandemic um, so I am a healthcare worker mm, right? and it's just been awful. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I am not working with COVID patients. So I like to, um, make sure that I talk about that when I talk about being a healthcare worker, because I am not working directly with COVID, but I feel like we're at this point in the pandemic and it started back then that even though you're not working with these patients, it the negativity like trickles down. Right. We're crazy short staffed. You know, now we have um, the vaccine mandate. So we're going to even be more short staffed. That's a mm. whole other conversation, but like right. all of it and some of it, I understand, but it, it sucks. You know, when you lose yeah. more staff, when you're already skeleton staff, you've got patients yelling at you. I work in the cancer center. I, I work with really sick patients mm -hmm. um, and they're frustrated and they have every right to be. Right. Um, but then that burnout has now trickled down into my family. Mm -hmm. um, I'm burnt out with my kids. I found myself getting really irritable with my husband again. Um, so I put myself back into therapy mm -hmm. and that's really helped. Um, but then I 
am very vocal about what I need. And <laughs> I think we can get stuck in this trap as moms that we like cannot lean on our spouses or something like this. I don't know if it's like, I'm a working mom. So I know stay at home moms feel this really badly because yeah. they feel like, well, they're at home all day. What else are they doing? Which is such bullshit. Right. But my husband is at home all day with my kids. He works on the weekends. We work opposite shifts. Mm -hmm. So I do feel that in a sense of, because when I feel like I would like to lean on him and I need him to do bath time or something, cause I'm going to go get a coffee by myself. I do struggle with that guilt because I've been out of the house all day. Right. Right. So it's like the same, but opposite. But I have found when I finally just, you know, grew, <laughs> grew the confidence to be like, Hey, I need you to do this. He's like, okay. Right. Like, it's really not a big deal. We make it a big deal in our heads. Right. So right. we just don't do it. Um, but I've been finding that is all I need to do. I just need to start asking for more help. And mm -hmm. I wasn't doing that. And I will take days off. Um, like today, my kids are in school and in daycare and nobody's <sighs> here. My husband's at work. And you, yeah. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Um, when yeah. we're done this, I'm going to lay on the couch for the day. I'm going to watch Real Housewives. Like, <laughs> no. or even, even at nighttime after work, if I've had a really long day, I will literally text my husband and just say, this has been a really long day. Um, I'm going to come home. Like when the kids go to bed, I just want to veg out on the couch and watch TV. Like, please don't speak to me. I'm just going to eat snacks and sit with myself. And he's like, cool. Like, but I need to communicate these things with him, which I right. think is something we don't always do. And then when I don't communicate with him, then I get snippy with him. I yell mm -hmm. at him. We fight. I'm more upset because, you know, then your marriage is falling apart or something super dramatic because you're also already like so high, highly emotional. Right. Um, and depleted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm scheduling time for myself. So like I said, my husband and I are on opposites. So I'm by myself with my kids every weekend. We don't really get a lot of time to ourselves. So I really have to make a point of saying, like leaning on him for help. And on the weekends, if I'm feeling really burnt out and I have my kids with me, I've now created boundaries with my children, which I think is mm. hard for some of us to do. Right. And I will explain to them something as simple as like, I want to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. So we're going to go in the car. I'm going to give them their iPads so they are silent. And if they want to do something after and they kind of complain about it, like, you know, Starbucks takes forever, which it does. Sorry, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I say to them, okay, well, mommy wants to get a coffee. So we're going to go and get a coffee. And after we get mommy's coffee, then we'll do, you know, whatever it is they want to do. But like right. creating that boundary of like, yes, I understand you. And I understand what you want to do. And I understand this is frustrating for you, but this is what mommy wants to do. And this is also important. So we're going to do this and then we will go do whatever you want. Right. That's perfect. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think too, cause your kids, how old are your kids? They're, they're little three and five, three and five. Yeah. You're, so you're still in that early childhood stage. Yeah. I love that you are. And I started doing this. It was really, uh, it was a, it was a, a need. I had to do it. Right. Yeah. Letting my kids see me have a night off. Yeah. Close my door at night. 
you know, if I, and I, same thing, like telling my husband and I, and I, so they've gotten into the habit. My kids are in middle school now. So yeah. I've gotten them used to the fact that I will go away for a weekend, like once a quarter or yeah. once every six months. Right. Yeah. They know that mommy has a night off every week, at least. Yep. Right? They know that. And I will tell everybody I'm going in my room, I'm closing my door and I'm having some time to myself. Right. Yeah. This is my time. So and and we I think really it's a big deal, but it's not. No, it's not. And, and everybody what, just goes, okay. Right. Okay. I know. And here inside we're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Like, and I don't want them six, to think that I don't love them because I'm totally leaving, right. Right. It takes you six weeks to finally say it out loud. And you're like, wow, that was so much easier than I thought. <laughs> right. I know. Well, we do tend to create these big stories in our heads. And then when we mm -hmm. finally, when it, it's finally here, it's not as big, you know, it's yeah. not as big as we make it. Yeah. Exactly. I think that is a, is a really important message that if we start young, you know, especially in the, in the, the early childhood stages, then it's not a surprise when all of a sudden they're in high school and they're, they're, they're used to you being here all the time. And then all of a sudden you're leaving, you know, that's when they start thinking that, oh, like what's going on? Like there's, you For know, sure. is there something wrong? What have I done? You know, so yeah. I love, but, and wherever you are in your motherhood journey, now is a great time to start right now, Absolutely. no matter where you are, right? You can, Absolutely. we can, we can make little one degree um, shifts, right? A little one degree shifts. That one time that you put boundaries around your family and your self-care um, that sends everybody, your whole entire family into a different trajectory. So if we, you know, we don't have to do all of it at the same time, because that would be disrupt disruptive, but just that mm -hmm. one little shift, I'm going to take this night, I'm going to close my door and, or what you said about the Starbucks, this is what I want to do. This is what we're doing. And you can be quiet over there. <laughs> you can just be quiet sit over there. Watch your iPad. <laughs> right. You sit down <laughs> and watch your iPad. Um, this is kind of a side note, but when, um, when I first had my kids and I, I had this, I, I had lots of ideals in my head about how yeah. I was going to raise my kids. And one of them was without screens, right? We are not yeah. going to do screens. We are not yeah. going to do screens. And then my daughter came along. So they're 17 months apart. My, my son was 17 months old. He was a baby, right? So when he was 17 months old and I was like, why can't you just go in there while I feed the baby and put her to sleep? And it's because he didn't have any, you know, he, because I was his entertainment. I'm like, oh, totally. Okay. I did the same thing. Interesting, right? All now of those I love ideals. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And it's, it, it's a, you know, that's a whole other conversation, yeah. but, but, but it's also, it, you know, we, we have to find ways that we can, you know, create those boundaries. And, and so our families know that, you know, this is my time. I need my time. I need to fill myself up so I can be there for you. Right. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a, you know, we can't do it the other way. We can't do it when we've given everything and then, and then we have nothing left to even think, what would I do if I had time to myself? You know, I like the, the, the thinking ahead of time. Um, Absolutely. So you also talked about, um, about listening to your gut and doing what's best for your family. Can you speak into that just a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm really passionate about this because I feel like through conversations I've had on my podcast, through, you know, some of well, a lot of the things that my followers will say to me on Instagram is it's like, we get so caught up in what we should be as a mom. 
And like you said earlier, like, okay, I'm going to have this baby. I'm going to like make my own baby food oh my and goodness, I'm never right. doing screen time and I'm going to do cloth diapers and, you know, like I'm going to be like the holy mother Teresa of mothers because that's what I want to be. And we all do it. We all do it. We make right. this plan. And then you come crashing down because your milk doesn't come in. So you can't breastfeed. But you right. weren't planning on formula feeding. And what would everyone think of me if I started formula feeding? Oh, goodness, like, I know. Right. Like, who gives a shit what everybody else thinks? That's like right. what I've really learned through this, even mm -hmm. in my household. Like, I like to talk about with my two children, I am two very different parents. Yeah. Because I have to be. I'm sure you can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, people with multiple children can understand that i discipline my son like a gentle parenting style yeah. my daughter like yeah almost have to like threaten to beat her or something like right. she needs more not really but you know what i mean she needs like a more strict mom because yes. if i do the gentle parenting she just kind of like laughs at me right. whereas my sensitive son if i yell at him or raise my voice to him he just breaks down and cries yep so it's like I cannot be this like cookie cutter mom that I thought I wanted to be. And I find in motherhood more than anything in this world, everybody's going to give you your two cents or their two cents and listen to it. And then just like throw it out the door. Like mm, love that. I have also found things that affect my mental health, like not giving screen time and me feeling like I have to be my child's entertainment 24 right. seven. That wasn't working for me. I was going to lose my mind. The first time I ever put on a movie and both of them sat and watched a movie, they sat for an hour and a half and watched a whole movie. And I was like, oh my God, you know how much I could have gotten done in an hour and a half? Right, right. Right, or like I could have sat and watched the movie with them and just relaxed. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What is wrong so, with that? There's I don't, nothing I don't wrong see with that. the problem with it. Right? Um, it yeah. goes for everything, and breastfeeding and uh, baby lead weaning and all of the things. Like if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. Right. And I have found like, you know, when I became a mom, I wanted to be this mom, but I had no freaking idea what kind of mom I wanted to be. But I find I always give moms the advice of figure out what you don't like doing. Mm. Like, if you don't like breastfeeding, don't breastfeed. Right. If you don't like making your own baby food, don't do it. Yeah. If you don't like having your kid watch the TV, don't let them watch the TV. Like, if it's not working for you, just don't do it. And if it right. works for you guys and everybody's happy, then I think you should just keep doing it. And that's like the biggest thing that I've learned. And the biggest thing I advocate for moms is stop listening to everybody else. Just do what's working for your family. And again, right. you might have to shift per kid, but you figure it out. Yeah. You know, I love that. Um, I love that you talked about that, that, because I do vision work with moms, right? What do you want? What what are we what are we moving toward, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of moms, no clue. Like, okay, let's start with what you don't want. Yeah. We're gonna so Not we're not gonna easier. focus on that, but we're gonna and then we're gonna create solutions, right? So if this is what you don't want. Then we're gonna create a solution around that. We're gonna focus on the solution to it instead mm -hmm. of what you don't want, right? So it's okay to say what you don't want. Now, we don't want to blast it over all over social media all the time, right? And we don't want to be talking about it all the time, but we can we can decide those things. This thing isn't working for me, right? Mm -hmm. My son was, and I think, I, I think that we have similar, my son is the same way, the sensitive kid. 
um, who um, he just he came out that way, right? Yeah. And then um, and then my daughter is the you know she she's my she's my little daredevil. You know she's always been my. I'm going to do, I'm going to sneak around and do it anyway. Right. And which is all good, but I do have to parent them differently. Um, But, um, but neither one of them is the textbook, you know, in the textbook, in in the parenting books. Yeah. Neither one of my kids is in the parenting books, you know, with sleep, especially, oh my gosh, (laughs) just do this, just do this. Like, are you kidding me? This is not my kid. You don't know my kid. My yeah. kid, my kid, my kid, this doesn't work for my kid. So yep. that listening to your gut and what is working and how can I, you know, what can I do? Who can I reach to for support? You know, mm-hmm. what can I do differently? What can I let go of? You know, yeah. do I have to do it this way? Do I have to, what's wrong with, with the way things are now, but creating solutions out of the problems. I, I, I really love that you said that because that's, that's exactly where, you know, like we don't have to. We don't have to, oh, you know, because we tend to kind of go to the, this is what I want. I want this ideal. I actually had a friend um, say to me recently, she she said, you know, you keep talking about this ideal family life where you're all connected and you do everything together. And she said, I know you, you're an introvert. You would hate that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so right. (laughs) Do I want this? Because I'm seeing it in other people because I'm seeing it on social media. But what really works for me being together all the time, that does not work for me. Why was that? And and this is just recently. So I've been doing this, this work for six years now. Um, But interesting. And to allow ourselves the, the, uh, the grace to change directions. Okay. Maybe this wasn't working for me um, then, but maybe I could try it again and maybe it will, or maybe not. Maybe I continue to shift. I found um, like my biggest example for sure is when my son was younger, Mm -hmm. he was under a year, but he went through this phase where it was like, he wouldn't sleep unless I was rocking him. And I hated Mm, it. Like Connor came out at 10 pounds. So at a year, he was like 30. (laughs) So rocking 30 pounds was not, it was not fun. Right. And I would literally like, you know, put him down need freak so yep. i remember thinking how much i hated this but this is what good moms do they rock their babies to sleep right i went right. through that whole thing but i'd be crying rocking him because i hated it and i was so exhausted and i was going back to work and all the things and someone just said to me so don't do it mm-hmm. and i was like right what do you mean like good moms rock their babies to sleep like i cannot not it's my child i have to do this and she's like no you don't and she told me about um, she had worked with someone, uh, at a sleeping, I forget, a sleep consultant. Mm-hmm. And so I had a conversation with her and I did sleep training and people get frowned upon that. And literally I didn't tell anybody I was doing it because you read all the negative things, but, uh, I did sleep training for one night and my kid has slept through the night ever since. So it See, right? for us. It maybe that's for what us. he wanted. Maybe that's what he really needed. Right. Yeah. And you know, people can talk about until they're blue in the face. It's bad for them. You broke his attachment. What it, I don't care. We both are sleeping now. Yeah. And he was literally like night and day of a child. Um, I just remember thinking like that was my first aha moment of, okay, so everyone says this is really bad, but it worked really well for Connor. Yeah. And so why am I going to feel guilty about that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I well, wasn't sure about it, but I thought we'd try it. And I realized 
wow, that was what was best for us. And right. people can, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm very open about it now. And people still give me comments. Oh, you sleep, you did sleep training. Yep. And he didn't die. I didn't die. Um, it was fine. It worked for him. Didn't work for my daughter. I didn't do it for her, but right. Right. you know, it worked well and it us. worked for you and now you're yeah. able to you know actually sleep and to to feel better and not be doing that thing that you hate right exactly and, well, and i, I totally it. get it my my uh my son was um was uh had colic right he was premature he had sensory issues he had colic he screamed his head off for almost a year um and he literally like i we had to have him on our bodies for most of that year it was about seven months when he started sleeping longer than two hours at a time right um but um but i i understand that but he couldn't i could not the sleep i did try some sleep training and right. it didn't it didn't work for him right he wasn't ready for it it didn't work yeah it. it didn't work right and it wasn't working for me either because then that would escalate yeah. the you know that, that would escalate everything and my anxiety and all of that so yeah. i just you know if we can just give ourselves some grace yeah and honestly honest as a mother it's nobody else's business yeah. you know i mean what what that what other people think of us is not our business right they can yeah. think whatever they want but i'm doing what's right for my kid and for my family and for myself yeah beautiful agreed Amina, I have loved this conversation. It has been amazing, and I am so glad we um, we have finally uh, connected uh, yes, doing this, too. doing the uh, the interview. It's been a minute, and it's okay because I I believe in divine timing. So, mm -hmm. can you tell us um, tell us about a time in motherhood when you either overcame something or you achieved something that in the beginning just felt impossible? Um, I think I would like to share overcoming postpartum depression mm, um just yeah. to kind of link it all back because right it was hard and i think if anyone has ever experienced trying to navigate through a mental illness while parenting mm, that right. was tough um to force yourself to get out of bed every day because you have to Right. Um, to do the counting to 10 so we don't explode on the children for no reason. Yeah, um, right. And that was the hardest thing I have ever, ever, ever been through. And I am very like proud to say that I'm on the other side of it. And I've done, I mean, that's not to say I don't have struggles. I do. Right. Um, but that was probably the darkest point of my life. And I think it's, important to shed light on that and know that if you've gotten to the other side, like you should be so proud of yourself. Mm. And if you're going through it and you're doing the work, be damn proud of yourself because right. it is really, really hard, especially when you have little kids and you kind of almost can't make yourself first priority when you've got a little tiny baby, you're right. a little toddler, you really got to work to make yourself a priority. Yeah. 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 Uh, Amanda, I feel you. I feel you. And I'm celebrating you too. You oh, did it, you. right? You made it through. Yeah. And um, and you're right. You know, and I, I think about with with postpartum depression, you know, there tends to be a oh, it's a oh, it's hormones, a, oh, it's, you know, and but it's real. And I had this, I had it too, especially after well, I I feel like that 
the 17 months between the time my first baby and my second baby were, I was just in like a red alert, like, yeah. um, um, yeah, it was, it was PTSD. And then I had my, then I had two under two and I was like, I, I definitely had postpartum depression and it was, it was the, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to, because I, you would see other people and they're like loving on their babies and having this, this, what looks seems to be an amazing experience. And you're thinking, what's wrong with me? You know? And I, 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 um, it's becoming more and more acceptable. And that, you know, if we think about if you had, you know, if somebody had diabetes or if somebody had, you know, a heart disease or something, we would like, of course, we'd, you know, we'd take care of that because it's physical, but the mental is just important. And I actually think even more important because of that mind body connection, you know, I mean, if, if we don't take care of that, that's how we create dis-ease in our body. So I'm celebrating you and, and I love the work that you're doing and, um, and um, helping moms to be honest. Let's have these honest conversations. And that's what you're doing with your podcast and with your work. So tell us about, oh, oh, we talked about the books. Can you tell us about the books and then tell us, uh, tell, tell our listeners about your, about the podcast. Um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited and it's still so surreal to me, but, um, I am a published author. Officially. Yay! Um, congratulations. Thank you. It's been a dream of mine and, you know, like we talked about, we, you believe in divine timing and this literally fell on my lap. I was introduced to Courtney, um, from lead her publishing and she had one spot left in the momming hard book and she's done quite a few co-author projects, but this one was specifically about motherhood and mm-hmm. something that was hard for you, um, to overcome in motherhood. And I was just getting out of my postpartum depression haze And I thought, wow, this could not have been better timing, you know, the better opportunities. So I did it. Um, So I am published in a book called Momming Hard. It's available as of today on Amazon. Yes, today. Yes. So today is, um, it's October. So by the time this episode comes out, you can grab it on Amazon. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a book of 22 different women and we all wrote different chapters so maybe not everyone will relate to exactly my chapter but there's chapters about all sorts of things um grieving and drug addiction and um miscarriage like I can't even there's so much I haven't even Mm. finished it yet there is so many amazing women and the stories will like they'll make you laugh but they'll make you cry my for the first chapter cried my eyes out right right but it's so moving because it's so healing to know that yeah okay maybe I didn't relate to the mom that has a child with disabilities but she has the same struggles as I do they're just they just look a little bit different, different and right the mom who's grieving goes through the same things we all go through the same things and that yeah. is the most validating thing ever that we're kind of this large community of women who all struggles the same, maybe just looks a little bit different, but we all feel the same. Right. You know, I I love that you said that too, because I think we tend to compare ourselves to, oh, well, she deserves to, um, you know, like, like, oh my gosh, like she, she, her, her issues are so much bigger than mine, but it's not, I mean, it doesn't matter the issue or what we're going through. It's all valid. 
right? Yeah. It's not that it's not, there's not, there's not a, you know, like a scale of, of you're deserving to be, you know, to, to feel bad or to grieve or whatever it might be, depending on what, what your situation is. It's yeah. that we all deserve, we all deserve to, to have that space and to, to grieve and to, um, to, and, and, and to be, to own it, you know, we don't have to push it down. We can let it up and, and, one person's difficulties is um it it's it doesn't matter where they are we we still like you said we all have we all have feelings we all have struggles right i love that i love that and tell us about the book that's coming yeah that's in process the book that's coming i am still uh building my author team so it is with lead her publishing as well it'll be called honest as a mother um and currently i have 10 authors so i'm looking for five more so if anyone's listening that's ever wanted to be a published author reach out um but it's going to be the same so a co-author project is it'll be 15 chapters and it will be all different women talking about all different things and i want it just to be an honest raw and real look into motherhood i want this book to be like you know given out at baby showers and say like hey just so you know, here's a whole book full of things that can happen when you become a mom and it's oh, all beautiful and right. it's all okay. And it's the same goal. Like if one mom can relate to one chapter and feel seen, then that is all of all I want. So um yeah, I'm inviting moms to come in and and write uh their story if it's something that they want to do and they've ever dreamed about being a published author. Here is you know, a really easy and fun way to meet some new moms and be on Amazon and Indigo and do the published author thing. Right. I love that. What I love the most about what you just said, Amanda, is that you want people to hand this out at showers. Oh my I God. Do. If I we could, if handed me a book, right. I mean, if moms had done this, like if I had done all of this work, before I got pregnant or while I was pregnant, oh my gosh, think of the experience. We would have had a much different experience. I wouldn't have taken myself so seriously and gone so deep into that postpartum depression, right? I wonder, I wonder if I had done the work before. So I love that. So definitely um, you'll have to let us know when um, when it is, when it's out there for um, for people to buy because, and, and I love, I'm gonna hold that vision of people giving it out at showers. I love that, yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. All right, so tell us about your podcast and how people can find you. Yeah. So my podcast is called Honest as a Mother. It is available on all of the uh, podcasting platforms. I don't even know how many there are anymore. Sometimes when I look, I'm there like, lots. Come on, that. Right. You're like, what <laughs> yeah. is that? What is that? Um, but uh, yeah, so it is the, just what we talked about. It's, I'm just inviting, I've had so many guests on and I'm talking about you know, topics that are important to me, like, you know, conversations we're having now, or maybe more serious ones like birth trauma and miscarriages. And I'm, I've had lots of professionals on that we can talk about factual information regarding, you know, uh, maternal mental health and just trying to raise awareness mostly for mental health purposes, but for everything else. So, um, I just, I want moms to stop feeling so alone and stop feeling so guilty for, everything that they go through. Cause like I said, we're all going through it too. Right. Right. Exactly. Definitely check out honest as a mother 
and um, and let Amanda know that you um, that you uh, that you love her podcast. Review it, rate it, subscribe to it. It's amazing. She's amazing. And Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time for the interview today. Thank you. This has been so fun, and I'm so glad we got to do it. I am too. It's been amazing. All right. Goodbye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom podcast. Now, if you haven't already, go ahead and download the High Vibe Toolkit. It's a mom's guide for taking yoga off the mat and into your life. You'll learn how to create your own unique toolkit full of tools for raising your vibe quickly and getting yourself out of a funk in record time next time you find yourself in one. Because funk happens, right? You'll learn how to tap into your inner mentor to cultivate more joy, more connection, and more harmony in your life as you return to your natural high vibe self. You'll raise the vibe in your home as you reclaim your own inner vibe. Now, this is the only guide designed to help moms who want to feel alive keep their yoga vibe flowing both on and off the mat, no matter what comes next. So download the High Vibe Toolkit at www.highvibetoolkit.com and reclaim your inner vibe. Anything is possible, even in the midst of motherhood. Goodbye for now.